are entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is indeed the Tyler Morgan Show, live on Podbean.com, the Podbean app, or listening on demand wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or at RelentlessDaring.com slash podcast. Oh boy, um, lots of craziness, but first let me talk about my buddy Dave. Dave Matthews, the proprietor of American Pride Roasters. Ladies and gentlemen, a few weeks ago, I know I've talked about this before, but... I feel compelled to do it because brother is in some hard times. A few weeks ago, his house was took a direct hit from a tornado. The whole house has been leveled. Amazingly enough, his truck that had a brick wall literally fall on top of it survived. Unfortunately, a lot, almost all of his uh, coffee making equipment was lost in the tornado. Uh, from damage or getting blown away. So APR coffee is a little hard to come by right now, but I want you to do your part to help Dave out. Um, In the show notes, I am going to have a link that you can click on that take you to his Fundly page that you can help money towards his rebuilding efforts as him and his wife and Mr. Clarence, their amazing dog, get resettled and get back to reestablishing their, their lives and their livelihood. So again, American pride roasters, they have been great to help me out with, you know, this. And I love talking about their coffee because it is so good. And I cannot wait to tell you about their amazing coffee they're making right now. Uh, Oh, I say right now when they get back on their feet. So please, if, if you're, one of those who support APR coffee by buying their coffee, instead of what you would spend on their coffee order, go to their Fundly page and put that towards helping them directly. American Pride Roasters, such good people, more than happy to help them out any way I can. All right, so um, I'm going to start off slightly off track from where I was going to originally lead off here because well you you make plans and then the plans change sometimes um so i give an update on justice clarence thomas he spent several days in the hospital uh battling an infection but yesterday he was released from the hospital that's all well and good however text messages between his wife and former Trump chief of staff, Mark Meadows, they were made public. Now, I'm not saying that members of the Democrats on the January 6th commission who had had all of Mark Meadows' texts and emails from January 6th and days leading up to and days after, I'm not saying they would have leaked that. But I am saying that it wouldn't surprise me if they did, because who is one of the uh, biggest adversaries to 
the left right now, then the definition of conservative originalism on the Supreme Court than Clarence Thomas. Well, because of his wife's text and her support for Donald Trump and buying into the the election was stolen and we need to overturn the election and that she the things that she'd done publicly like the January 6th stop the steal rally that Donald Trump was hosting away from Congress she was there text saying that that Mark Meadows need to keep up the fight stuff like this and let's not forget that horrendous horrendous email from years ago when Jenny Thomas called the accuser who tried to tried to just you know just tried to derail Clarence Thomas's uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, confirmation Anita Hill Jenny Thomas called her and left her a voicemail. A very dark and evil voicemail. Basically saying, yeah, um, we need to talk about this. I would like an apology, but it is what it is. It's, it's been so many years. It's basically, she was just like, hey, can I get an apology? I mean, you treated him horribly. It was years ago. and." We just want to be able to let bygones be bygones. So, I mean, yeah, but now there are calls on the left that Clarence Thomas should be impeached because of his wife's text messages to Mark Meadows. Now, the argument that they make, well, uh, he didn't recuse himself when uh, Donald when Donald Trump was trying to, you know, you know, go before the Supreme Court saying they had, uh, you know, executive immunity. Well, Clarence Thomas doing what Clarence Thomas does, and in other cases where investigators want members of the president's staff to give up their emails or text messages. You know, they're being subpoenaed. So they, uh, he, he did what he did then said, no, they have executive privilege working for the president. Therefore we're no, you, you can't have that. Clarence Thomas would remain consistent. And he was the only justice to remain consistent who had voted in the past. uh, No executive privilege. You don't have to give, you don't have to submit to the subpoena. So now the left is calling that. Ah, he should be impeached since he didn't have the, uh, he didn't have the decency to just die in the hospital. We should impeach him. It's ridiculous. It's scary. It's, very disconcerting that 
there are those who would be more than willing to just release this sort of information. Just to make it public. Yes, uh, don't know what's going to happen there. It's just going to go. But like I said, I just want to give an update on that. Um, hopefully this is one of those things that blows over and uh, Justice Thomas is allowed to uh, take the time and review the the arguments that were made before the court while he was in the hospital. So, I mean, that's kind of a big one. So, unfortunately, uh, while he was in the hospital, the Supreme Court has done some really bad things. And this is one where had he been there, it wouldn't have ha- wouldn't have affected the outcome. It would still been a six three ruling. But uh, as the Navy SEALs who are suing the Navy for blatantly disregarding their First Amendment rights and their religious freedoms to say, uh, no, we're not getting that shot because of these religious freedoms. There was an injunction that no, the Navy cannot do X, Y, and Z. Uh, they they can't determine deployability status based on their COVID nineteen vaccine. That was a lower. That was a, a district court in Texas ruled that. Then the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans, they said. Yeah, we're we're going to uh, back up the uh, lower court. While all this starts going through, we're going to keep that injunction in place. You cannot make them non-deployable over the status, over the status of their COVID vaccination, while they're while this lawsuit is going through. Well, in what was a six-two ruling, the Supreme Court ruled that. Uh, no, that lower court, they overstepped their bounds and inserted themselves right into the Navy chain of command. There's a a innuendo in there somewhere. And by doing so, they acted without authority to tell the Navy what they're going to do. Well, wait. If this goes all the way through the Supreme Court, that what the Navy's doing, you know, as uh, Justice Alito pointed out in his dissent, which was signed by Neil Gorsuch as well, um, in the dissent, they openly said, you know, it's abhorrent that they're not really applying all of, you know, true due diligence towards, okay, this soldier has these, you know, this sailor has these religious beliefs that he says the COVID vaccine is in violation of. Is it really, does it really look like these are deeply held beliefs? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Approved. So far, the Navy has approved nine, nine religious waivers. Two members of the inactive 
ready reserve. Yes, that's right. People who have com- who have completed their initial contracts, whether they're a one and done. So whenever you join the military, you owe the government eight years. If you're active duty, your first stint might be four years of active duty, four years in active reserve. So you're taking people who are in the inactive reserve and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not getting that shot. I'm going to submit this to the Navy. The Navy has approved nine of those out of the thousands of requests they have gotten. They have approved nine. Nine for people who may or may not ever get recalled during their inactive ready reserve time. And even then, it's under the stipulation that should they be recalled prior to resuming active duty, yeah, you still got to get that COVID shot. I mean, so basically they have a, they have an exemption that's only good when they're not actually putting on the uniform. Um, That doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. But hey, it is what it is. That's your SCOTUS update for the week. Again, Clarence Thomas is from, has left the hospital. He did not have the good decency to die, according to those on the left. So he must be kicked out of, kicked off the bench because his wife supports craziness. Ah, so dumb, yet it only goes downhill from there. From Washington, D.C., let's go, let's go somewhere where we think things make sense. Let's go to Utah. And I'm not even going to get into the whole religious thing about Mormons and what they believe, because honestly, I don't understand all of what they believe, so I cannot make any commentary on it. All I know is some guy found some golden tablets or had some golden tablets given to him by an angel that only he could read. And then at some point he said, hey, an angel told me I can have more than one wife. That's cool. Then they stopped doing the more than one wife thing. Unless you're a fundamental, a super, super fundamentalist, and you still believe in that thing. But hey, um, Mormons, yay. But anyways, let's, uh, earlier this week, there was an issue in Utah where the legislature, under a fairly narrow margin, in the House and Senate, they passed a, uh, a bill that would bar trans boys, or should I say trans girls, trans women, from participating in women's sports at the high school level. Not the collegiate level. So um, if uh, Brigham Young University actually allowed a trans woman into their campus as a student they would still possibly have to let them participate in women's sports i i don't know it seems a little odd but obviously uh the utes at utah state as uh one of the people i listen to on the daily calls them the 
godless animals, they would obviously welcome them with open arms. But anyways, the House and Senate, they passed this bill, eh, kind of narrow margins, and it goes to the governor's desk. Now, the governor is a conservative, allegedly. He is a, uh, he is a Republican. However, he did not support the bill, and then he ended up vetoing it. Well, this is where uh, the, their legislature not only said, wait, we think this is the best thing. And so they took up a motion to overturn the veto. Yeah. Their super majorities were not hard to get at that point. So turns out uh, the Utah legislature They've they've got a uh, far more testicular fortitude than their supposedly Republican governor. Uh, see, his headline is from the Post Millennial, dated, I believe, today. Actually, it's probably dated yesterday. I just printed it off today. Uh, Utah legislature overrides governor's veto, approves ban on biological males competing in girls sports. The student eligibility and Interscholastic Activities, SIA, bill, goes into effect on July 1st, 2022. Uh, questions related to Utah's liability surrounding the passage of a bill banning biological males. Wow. Alliteration. I love it. Passage of a bill banning biological males from competing on female sports teams might have been too much for the state's governor, Spencer Cox, but not his state's legislature. On Friday, the Utah legislature voted to override the governor's veto on the bill. Motion to override the veto passed Utah Senate with 21 yeas, 8 nays, after being approved by Utah's House in a vote of 56 to 18. The supermajority needed to override Cox's veto. I'm kind of disturbed we're talking about writing Cox's. Nate Hawkman of the National Review pointed out how the voting margin thresholds for the override met a much larger margin than the original bill's passage. Cox made clear his intentions to veto a bill banning biological males. Seriously, post-millennial, what's with the alliteration? I'm going to get so hung up on this. It's not even funny. Cox made clear his intentions to veto a bill banning biological males from competing in girl sports earlier this month. And a public appeal to emotions over science. <laughs> emotions over science. Don't worry, I'll get there. Governor, Governor had initially vetoed the transgender sports ban back on Tuesday. Per ABC, Cox said his veto was additionally done, quote, because the bill was substantially changed in the final hours of the legislative session with no public input and in a way that will likely bankrupt the Utah High School Athletic Association and result in millions of dollars in legal fees for local school districts. And he wrote a two-page letter to lay out his argument to those who agreed and disagreed. 
Uh, HB 11 defines sex as a male or female and assigned by an individual's genetics and anatomy at birth and prohibits, quote, a student of the male sex from competing against another school on a team designated for the female students. It initially tried to compromise with approving trans participation of biological males in female sports if a commission allowed it. Which, based on today's uh, political landscape, they probably would. But last-minute changes elected for a blanket ban instead. And speaking with Daily Wire, Utah Republican Representative Kara Berkland, the bill sponsor, told the outlet, quote, From the beginning, my goal has been to protect and preserve women's sports and speak out for Utah's female athletes. We have seen the necessity of such legislation play out recently, and I am proud to stand up and fight for girls to have the opportunity to compete on an even playing field. End quote. Thursday saw several states approving bills that block biological males from competing in female sports teams. Kentucky joined the likes of Arizona and Oklahoma in passing Save Women Sports bills within their state legislature, sending off to governors of their states for final approval. Controversial swimmer Leah Thomas, or Michael Thomas, who was ranked like number 400 in the country on male swimmers, magically identifies as a woman three years into his collegiate swimming career, and he's number one. Good job, Mike. So proud of you. You worked so hard to swim against those who are weaker than you. And the dive you, you took against the against the the trans male athlete who, you know, was not allowed to compete with other men. So swam against the women and you let him you well, he let her win, showing that obviously the science says. Obviously, the science that says that men are better developed and stronger in lung capacity and all the science that goes into the science is wrong. Obviously, she was a better swimmer than you. That's not true. There's a reason why you won the 500-yard swim by such a large margin. And I'm sure the giant paddle boards for hands that you have had nothing to do with it, considering how much bigger and how much deeper in the water you can dig to push yourself along, how much more muscle you have to pull yourself along as you stroke through the water. And then you have an unnatural keel attached to the front of you that keeps you swimming in a relatively straight line. Anywho's, Leah Thomas reignited public debate over the transgender athletes issue with the college swimmers NCAA win, and it was to the point that big tech social media platforms like Twitter actively suppressed the public discourse from disagreeing with leftist ideology on the topic. President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Kentanji Brown-Jackson, told Senator Marsha Blackburn during confirmation hearing that she couldn't define what a woman is because... I'm not a biologist. An answer roundly mocked by critics. Yes, uh, there's a lots of great memes about this going around. Um, there's one that's got uh, from the notebook. 
standing in the rain and it has the girl. I don't remember. Was it Amy Adams? I think, I don't know. It has the girl from the movie standing there in the rain. Is it raining? And then her boyfriend's like, I don't know. I'm not a bio. I'm not a meteorologist. I mean, there's some great ones, but like I said, it, things that just go downhill and USA Today <laughs> jumping in on this, not just, you know, like, ah, not just, I'm just going to tap my toe over here across the line. They took a, they did the triple jump right into it. Marsha Blackburn asked can Katanji Brown Jacks to define woman. Science says there's no simple answer. I don't remember where Hydrama is. I don't know. Uh. No, you look like an idiot. Yep. So I haven't. I don't. I. I've changed the music and stuff around on my board, so I don't know. What's where anymore? But I know where sad trombone is, and I know where it's going to tell me I'm an idiot. Ah, oh, the things you learn live on the air. When Marsha Blackburn asked uh, Katanji Brown Jackson to define woman, she said, I'm not a biologist. Blackburn was displeased, but experts say Jackson's answer was scientifically sound. It. In the 13th hour of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson's confirmation, uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, asked the Supreme Court nominee, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Jackson, appearing confused, responded, I'm not a biologist, but I have a question. What is a woman? Can we get a scientific answer for what is a damn woman. Because obviously, because nobody knows, it's insane. Blackburn chided Jackson, claiming that the fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Senators on both sides of the aisle have used Jackson's confirmation hearing to air issues that have less to do with Jackson's qualifications and more to do with what their, what their respective parties. The exchange reflects the current state of gender politics in the U.S. as transgender swimmer, Lee, swimmer Leah Thomas's recent NCAA win sparked a fierce debate over trans athletes as a flurry of bills sought to ban gender-affirming health care for trans youth and other bills have banned trans girls from participating in K through 12 sports. It's so evil. And, and the, the only way you can treat the gender dysphoria anymore is not from, it's not with, okay, let's sit and talk. We're going to do hours and hours of therapy. And at the end of it, if this is 100% the way you feel that this is who you are, 
okay, I will bless off on the on having surgery and starting medical medical things for it. But until then, we're just going to talk, especially when it's children under the age of 18. Legally, they're minors. If I were to allow my child to go out and just chop his arm off, I would be viewed as a bad parent. Possibly a monster for allowing it to happen. And I'd be carted off to jail. And my kid would go into foster care. Well, most of them, the arm is still laying wherever I allowed him to chop it off at. Now let's stop and think about this for a second. You allow your 13-year-old son to remove his own bits and pieces because he feels like he should be feeling pretty. If you allow it to happen, oh, you're such a brave mom and dad. Hell, if you're not encouraging them to do it, oh my God, you didn't back them up. You didn't affirm their gender. You're horrible people. Your child should be hauled off to foster care and you should be sitting sitting in jail for abuse. It's ridiculous. But scientists, gender law scholars, and philosophers of biology said Jackson's response was commendable, though perhaps misleading. It's useful, they say, that Jackson suggested science could help answer Blackburn's question, but they note that a competent biologist would not be able to offer a definitive answer either. Huh. I would have more questions. More about their more about their competence because I don't think a competent biologist would have issues answering that question because we see male and female occurring in the wild in a way that is 100% functional. But I digress. I will take a quick break and I will be right back. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out, 
You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. All right, so getting back into it, um, I said, Judge Brown Jackson, well, I, I, yeah, I'm not a biologist, and, well, biologists say there's, you, you can't even tell what a woman is. I'm pretty sure they're dr- more drunk than I am, which I'm not even through my first class of Woodford Reserve, so I know I'm not drunk. But anyways, uh, scientists agree there is no sufficient way to clearly define what makes someone a woman. And with billions of women on the planet, there is much variation. Um, no. Don't get me wrong. There is variation. Genetics play a huge part, but here's the thing. Generally speaking, nearly all women who have Two X chromosomes have certain shared traits, such as female sex organs or secondary secondary sex organs, i.e. boobs. You know, those deposits of fat and other tissues, uh, specialized sweat glands that produce milk to nourish a child. Now, there are variations in that. Obviously, we have any man and any woman has noticed not all boobs are the same size. There are differences down there. Just because a woman has ovaries that don't work does not mean she is less of a woman just because she doesn't have functioning ovaries or she has an inverted uterus any other number of things now if you want to talk you know some very very rare instances of being intersexed meaning they have partial girly parts partial Manly parts. You see, that is an actual thing. It is biological, is able to be biologically defined as a person born with, with partial or complete male or female and female parts. It's not a hard concept. And women, generally speaking, contain female reproductive organs, i.e. a vagina, a cervix, a uterus, ovaries, fallopian tubes. They probably have a clitoris unless they live in some weird backwards nation that the local customs say that is bad, and so they have to undergo the female genital mutilation because how Dare a woman be able to, you know, have pleasure from sex?
I said, billions of women in the world, and they share some very key important things together. Kind of like if, if you look at humanity as a species, there are certain things that all humanity has in common. Just because people in Africa have genetically evolved to have darker skin, different head shapes, talk differently, doesn't make them a completely different species. You can't look at a human woman from China and say that she is a different species than a human woman from America. That's insanity to say, oh, well, there's such, we, we have to have different species of femininity because they're just, it's just so wide and varied. According to Rebecca Jordan Young, a scientist and gender studies scholar at Barnard College, whose work explores the relationship between science and the social hierarchies of gender sexuality. I don't want to see this question punted to biology as if science can offer a simple definitive answer. The rest of her answer was more interesting and important. She said, as a judge, what I do is address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the law and I decide. In other words, she said context matters, which is true in both biology and society. I think that's a pretty good answer for a judge. Um, no. Just because someone argues the sky is green and gives you pictures of a green sky taken through with special light filters and makes a heck of an argument doesn't mean the sky is green. Just because someone makes an argument that this word doesn't mean what you think it does and gives you a completely alternative, a completely alternative definition for what the word is doesn't mean that the word has changed. Just because you are a judge and, oh, well, the context of using that word, because we all know there are words that Regardless of context, if you say them, it's bad. There's a reason why I try to keep this show PG-13. Because there are certain words that there's times I really want to say them. But I don't. Because society has determined those words are bad. However, they do a really good job of summing up the way I feel. Blackburn tweeted after the exchange that this is a simple question and called Jackson's response a major red flag. But Jordan Young said she sees Jackson's answer, particularly the second half, reflecting the necessity of nuance. While traditional notions of sex and gender suggest a simple binary, if you are born with a penis, you are a male and identify as a man, and if you are born with a vagina, you are a female and identify as a woman. The reality, gender experts say, is more complex. There isn't one single biological answer to the definition of a woman. That's not even 
uh, there's not even a single biological answer to the question of what is a female? Um, yes, there is. Because you can look outside of the human experience and you can see clear biological definitions of what is a female in nature. When you're ignoring all of the evidence because you want to focus on those things that make this one little thing that you're, has gotten your attention. This has to be true. Even though all the evidence out there says that what I want to be true is not, you are ignoring. Forget billions of individual women. You're ignoring billions of binary sex species that exist in the world. Just because you want this thing to be a certain way doesn't mean it is so. There are at least six different biological markers of sex in the body. Genitals, erect, those exterior uh, sexy parts of the body. Well, specifically down there's chromosomes, genetic, gonads. Ah, yes, your testes or the ovaries, internal reproductive structures, hormone ratios, and secondary sex characteristics. None of the six is strictly dichotomous. Yes, we know. However, just because certain things aren't as big, aren't as well-developed, doesn't necessarily change it. These are the same people who say, if you have a genetic disorder, Consisting of maybe you're a female with three X chromosomes. Well, that's a different sex. No, it's not. I have two. I have two X chromosomes and a Y chromosome. Well, you're still a dude. You just have an extra X chromosome that screws with your body. I have two Y chromosomes. Yeah, you're still a dude. You're still a male. But the fact they go on and on and they want to bend everything to, to make their worldview be what they see as true, again, it doesn't make it so. There's a, an alleged quote from Abraham Lincoln that I saw posted on Facebook today. Now, the alleged quote that is attributed to Abraham Lincoln came from Thomas Sowell. And I like Thomas Sowell. He's a great thinker. And like I said, I don't know how true it is, but it's worth it's worth looking at because it's a it's a truism. The exchange from that allegedly happened with Abraham Lincoln, he was discussing with a, a group of people on what truth is. And he asked the crowd, imagine you have a dog. How many legs does it have? And everyone answered four. Okay, now 
Okay, well, now what if we consider the the tail to be another leg? Then the crowd kind of mumbled amongst themselves, and they all agreed it would have five legs. To which Abraham Lincoln supposedly responded, no, it still has four legs. Just because you say it, say it is, doesn't make it so. And again, I said this is allegedly. This has been attributed to him, and the story of this has been attributed to Thomas Sowell. So I don't know if Thomas Sowell actually said it, but I like the way he thinks. So I'm going to go with it. Again, I don't know if the actual uh, commentary from Lincoln is true, but it sounds like some, a story Thomas Sowell would tell. But now I'm going to get into a, a last bit of dumb hypocrisy before I call it a show. Jay Inslee, governor of Washington. God bless that man. Oh, Seattle's burning to the ground. Who cares? I'm here in Olympia. No one, I don't give a crap. I was going on 45 miles away. Well, he took amazing steps to ensuring that the good people of Washington are not able to effectively defend themselves. Yes, that's right. Signed a series of bills today that, well, it was, they're not good. Put it that way, they're not good. Oh, I say today, this is dated on March the 5th. I just found it today. It's how it published on the 5th, and it was just today making on to uh, Spin Quark News. Ha! Ah. Yeah, my aggregator's not doing a good job aggregating. Anywho's. Well, that's where I'm getting all sorts of multiple dates. It says the headline date is March 5th, but it says that he did this on Wednesday, March 23rd. I don't know. At some point, he did this and leave it to to my interwebs that I find stuff that's all cattywampus. Anywho, Washington Governor Jay Inslee on Wednesday signed a law three gun-related bills, including one that would prohibit the sale of gun magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. My bolt-action rifle would be fine in Washington. My high point, I hear you laughing at the high point, I know. But trust me, if I don't kill you with eight bullets, I can beat you to death with it because it weighs almost three pounds empty. It's a heavy freaking gun. It's my brick. I like my brick. Stop making fun of my brick. Uh, the other measures place new restrictions on untraceable ghost guns. Bookie. And in response to concerns about armed intimidation, restrict weapons at locations such as school board meetings, where they're probably on school grounds where guns are already prohibited. So they're making them extra illegal. Kind of like hate crime. Kind of like hate crime laws or anti-lynching laws. Because obviously, killing someone because you hate them because of their race, gender, creed, whatever, it suddenly needs to become more illegal than just killing them to begin with. Because obviously, hate needs to be punished. Aside the importance 
instantly placed on these new laws. The bill signing ceremony took place in the rarely used state reception room at the Capitol in Olympia. This is a triumph, I believe, in democracy because the will of the vast majority of Washingtonians is being followed with the passage of these bills. For two long, narrow segments of folks have blocked the majority will when it comes to saving us from this mass violence. Among those in attendance were Attorney General Bob Ferguson, Democratic state legislators, and individuals who've been affected by gun violence. Uh, this restriction of the high class of the on the high capacity magazines will force a shooter to reload after a maximum of 10 rounds. <laughs> that del- that delay can be a game changer, said Paul Kramer, whose son Will was the lone survivor of a shooting at a home in, in Mukilteo in 2016 that killed three teenagers. The Attorney General's office also points to studies that have concluded gun magazine limits reduce the incidence of mass shootings and save lives. No, they don't. The passage of the ban on the manufacturer's sale of so-called high-capacity gun magazines represents a significant victory for Ferguson, who's been pushing for the idea since the Mukilteo shooting. Ferguson, in his remarks at the bill signing, credited a long-ago conversation he had with Kramer, focusing on his attention on this issue. Damn it, we're just going to this. Recall the thing at the time. And I'm going to put the full weight of my office behind this. Blah, 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 blah. And then they go on to talk about how gun traffickers just absolutely love ghost guns because they're untraceable. Yet most gun trafficking crimes you hear about, um, they're guns that are either being trafficked from overseas because they can be purchased in high quantities at a relatively low price. Or they're, they get people to buy them legally through, well, I say legally. It's illegal the way they're doing it with straw purchases. Or the, uh, or the attorney general tells the ATF to turn a blind eye and you know, just let, the, let these uh, gun stores in, on the border sell to whoever they want without doing a background check. These are the reasons why gun trafficking happens. The time it takes to order a order an upper that's 80% complete or order a lower that's 80% complete by the mechanisms to go into it, your trigger kits, your hammer assemblies, uh, your magazine releases, all of this stuff, the time and money it goes into building a ghost gun, spooky. The time it goes into building one, gun traffickers can get them illegally for cheaper and much faster. But back to the the whole ten round magazine thing, you know, if if Passing laws that ban stuff, like, I don't know, murder actually worked. I don't think we would have murders happening. 
True, a person looking to do a spree killing may have, you know, may only have a couple 10 round magazines. But you know what? They will find a way to maximize the damage they can do. And when they talk about having to change magazines, granted, not everyone who's not in the military is a, you know, is a, you know, say, want to say crack shot. They're not highly proficient at doing mag changes. I get that. But if a person has four or five magazines that are only 10 rounds, and they want to, they plan on doing something where they need to use all those magazines to get as many people as possible. Guess what? They're probably just going to go practice. Get the feel for what it takes to drop a mag, slap a new one in. Run a few rounds. Fig- figure out what is comfortable to where you just kind of know if you're shooting one-handed, spraying a pistol into a crowd, you just kind of get the feel of it. You'd be pulling the next magazine and then drop mag, slap new one in, keep going. It's not that hard. And to think that the time it takes to do this, it buys valuable, it buys you valuable time. Not really. But here's the best part. Because well, there's a uh, there's a surplus of high capacity magazines that are in possession. They're being held in possession by the the uh, Washington State Police, the Washington National Guard. And guess what? There's a website that handles selling government excess property. Whether it be, well, we've replaced it with something better, so we're just going to sell the surplus just to make a little extra cash. Such as, I don't know, when their National Guard switched magazines from the old style to the newer style they now use. Now they have a bunch of magazines that has been approved by Governor Inslee to be sold online. Yes, that's right. Stores in Washington can no longer sell high-capacity magazines, but if you are part of the state government, sell away. Absolutely outstanding. Excellent way, excellent way to run your state government, Governor Inslee, just straight into the ground. All right, that's going to do it for me tonight. If you are listening to me live, thank you so very much. If you're listening to me on podcast, if this is your first time here, please do me a favor. I ask four things every week. Number one, please, please hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on what your podcast platform offers you. That way you get updated every Sunday about, oh, 12 a.m. ish. That new episode has posted. Well, you will have it for Sunday while you're out walking the dog, getting ready for church, mowing the yard on a Sunday afternoon when summer gets here and you can start mowing again. Whenever you choose to listen to it, you're subscribed, you get sent to you, boom, it's there. 
Number two, please rate this podcast. I'm looking for five stars. I'll accept four, three and below. Hit me up on Twitter at Tyler Produces. DM me. They're open. We need to have a conversation about your attitude. Number three, number three, please write a review. Say something nice. I mean, if you want to compliment me and say that I talk about myself way too much and that I'm a, a low rent Alex Jones, by all means. Hey, if that's what you think, that's what you think. Again, just make sure you have five stars. I will take that as a compliment because, hey, I probably am a low rent Alex Jones, but it is what it is. I'll take all the compliments I can get. And finally, please share this episode. Send it to a friend. Share it on social media. Yep. Send it to someone who you think will like it. Send it to someone who you think will absolutely hate it. And if they absolutely hate it, good. Hey, me being a tool for the aggravation and the dissemination of hate and discontent amongst the world, it's what I do. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, you want to support the show on the financial side? You can go to coffee, <coughs> pardon me, that is ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Buy me a cup of coffee, three, four, five bucks. Whatever you think this has brought to your day, please. You know, please subscribe or please subscribe. Ha! Please donate. I said you can do a one-time small donation. You can set up that. Maybe you want to do a bigger donation. Do it monthly. You set that up. Uh, if you go to relentlessdaring.com, you'll find the link for it there. You'll find a link for uh for my PayPal. You can donate it. Uh there I have my Venmo username in the show notes. If you want to Venmo me some cash, again, everything that you give financially goes into keeping the show on the air. You know, I got to pay for web hosting for the website and, you know, Podbean, they got, they got to take my money. So that way they keep, that way they don't cancel me when I say something outrageous, like the, the, the little kid on kindergarten cop, why do they have a penis? Girls have a vagina. When I say stuff like that, they're like, crap, he's paying us. Keep him on the air. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, Stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7